Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It really is quite a moment each night in this city. It's been going on for weeks now. New Yorkers stuck inside these days throw open the windows at 7 p.m., step outside their doorstep and cheer first responders. In some neighborhoods, the salute comes in song. And if you're lucky enough to live on Manhattan's Upper West Side, that song is being sung by one of Broadway's brightest stars, Brian Stokes Mitchell, on his way back from battling coronavirus. It had gone into my lungs, COVID had, for a a bit. So um, I was having a hard time, you know, uh, being able to sing without coughing. But um, I would vocalize every day, and, and I started getting stronger and stronger, and then one day I just kind of spontaneously started singing The Impossible Dream out the window. And the rest, as they say, is the subject of this edition of 880 In-Depth, The Impossible Dream, the quest, as the song goes, the quest to recover. I'm Tim Sheld from WCBS, and we're joined by reporter Peter Haskell. Hey, Peter. Hey, Tim. How you doing? I haven't seen you in ages. This social distancing <laughs> thing is quite distant for us. We love this 7 p.m. clap out, and I know um, you discovered this story before anybody, and uh, I want you to sort of tell us about your discovering the story of Brian Stokes Mitchell and, and uh, lead into your conversation with him, because it's just such a great New York story in this crisis. So I live on the Upper West Side, and every time my kids and I go out and we clap and we cheer, and one night we heard somebody way down the block singing. It sounded like opera, and we headed over there, but by the time, by the time we got there, it was over. Later that night, a friend texted me this social media link, and there is Brian Stokes Mitchell, this Broadway star singing out his window. I'm like, oh, I guess that was him. So I'm thinking, tomorrow, I'm going to go out and check it out. Go out the next night. Sure enough, this is a, a, a guy who started Man of La Mancha, sung The Impossible Dream. I saw that show and was blown away by his performance. It was just remarkable. He was nominated for a Tony for it. He won a Tony for Kiss Me, Kate. And here he is 
outside his window on the Upper West Side every night singing this song. how this started and why well i i had been um fighting covid for a, um, a few weeks and um i kind of got over it finally and i've been over it now for more than two weeks which is really really great and um and of course new york erupts at seven o'clock for all the health care workers and essential workers and first responders and everybody so i've been doing that still from my window um I, it had gone into my lungs covid had for uh, a bit so um, I was having a hard time, you know, uh, being able to sing without coughing. But um, I would vocalize every day, and, and I started getting stronger and stronger. And then one day I just kind of spontaneously started singing The Impossible Dream out the window. And uh, it seemed to be the right song, and, and it seems to have uh, touched a, a very nice kind of nerve with people. What made you push up the window and put your body out and start singing? What was that? Well, I kind of always was almost doing that already, just applauding everybody. So, um, but I think, you know, it was, it was the joy of getting through this sickness. It was the joy of, um, you know, uh, of having so many people supporting me, my wife and my son. And, and also, I'd love to mention Dr. Jason Kent at uh, the Friedman Center run by the Actors Fund, who was on with me telephonically all the time, kind of talking me through everything and, and giving me prescriptions as I needed. He was just, you know, I, I couldn't have done it without him. And, um, uh, and to be able to say thank you, you know, to I'm, I'm thinking of him when I'm singing out the window and, and I'm, you know, specifically and, uh, and more generally all of the healthcare workers uh, that are on the front line right now as well. So it was, it was easy to do, you know, there, there's a lot of thanks to people uh, like, like Dr. Kent and all those like him who are working right now um, in this impossible situation. Why the song impossible dream? What makes that seem so fitting for this? Well, you know, th that song is so great because it, it it seems to fit no matter what you're doing. It, um, it always has some kind of uh, special significance. When I was doing the show, it was the 40th anniversary of the March on Washington, and to sing, uh, to dream the impossible dream, and thinking of the words of Martin Luther King. At another point, the space shuttle um, disintegrated as it came in, you know, to, to run where the brave dare not go, to reach the unreachable stars had new significance. Um, but especially right now, it's like every line of the song has significance. Um, the song is, is most people don't know 
show, but it's called The Quest. It's not called The Impossible Dream. It's not a song about doing the impossible or trying to do the impossible, which would be a bad choice of a song right now. It's a song about trying, period, because we can't do anything until we first try. We can't get to the moon. We can't have human-powered flight. We can't explore Mars, and we can't cure COVID. Um, and that's why this song is so important, you know. And just there's particular – I don't think there's been any one situation that I've ever sung this, sung this song in where uh, so many of the lines meant so much. Um, to, to dream the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable foe, to bear with unbearable sorrow, to run where the brave dare not go. I mean, for those three three lines, is, you know, alone. Um, uh, you know, it, it, to to run, uh, to right the unrightable wrong, to love pure and chaste from afar. I think of all of those people that are outside of the windows, you know, in their and their families, and people are are where they can't reach. Um, uh, you know, but so many of those lines are just apropos and just right on for what's going on right now. So it, it, it's a, it's a song about trying, and that's what we're all trying to do right now: is try to get through this, try to figure this thing out, try to solve it. You're starting to draw quite a crowd when you see the folks out on the street cheering, clapping. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel good for the healthcare workers. You know, it's funny because one of the things I've been kind of feeling a little odd about is I don't want it to be a performance. It's not about me. I'm doing this for the healthcare workers. And, um, and I want everybody on the street to understand that as well. What was really nice the other night was actually parked below when I was singing the song was uh, an ambulance from Mount Sinai. And the, the two people that were in it, the driver and, the, and his partner, um, they were actually standing outside to listen to it. So I actually got to sing the song to them, and I gestured to them, and I kept letting people know. And also half a block down the street, there was a fire truck that was parked. Um, just uh, yesterday, a lot of people came out from the uh, the market that's down the street from me, you know, because they're, they're also essential workers that are keeping New York going. And somebody texted me that there are some people in an urgent care that's just a block away from me as well that came out just to hear me sing. Those are the people that I'm really, really singing for, you know. So when we clap and when we applaud, what I'm doing is just an extension of that celebration of all of them. And tell us about the fact that you... You changed the words a little bit to pay tribute to these workers. Yes, sometimes. You know, it depends on what, what happens and what I'm feeling like. But I'll say um, uh, 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 that that one health care worker, one delivery person, one sanitation worker, one bus driver, one MTA worker, you know, all of these people that are working, that are continuing to keep this city running. And that have, that's true in every particular uh, city. Um, so I, I like to I like to substitute their their names in there as well. And and the lyric is uh, still strove with his last ounce of courage. But a lot of the times I'll say her last ounce of courage too, because you know that, that at least half of the people are women that are doing these things as well. You touched upon the fact that you were infected with this virus. What was that like for you? 
It was not very much fun, actually. You know, I, I, I had, I, I would say, a moderate case of it. But in my definition, moderate is anything up to landing you in the hospital. Then it gets to be severe when you have to go in for oxygen or have to go in and end up, unfortunately, like some people do on a ventilator. I was just short of that. Um, I had a very high fever. Um, it went up, actually, to 104.8 one night. Uh, most of the time, it was around 103 and a half. Um, which is high for an adult, but I, oddly enough, I was never delirious from it. I was glassy-eyed, and my thinking wasn't as straight as it should have been, um, but I was still able to walk and operate. Um, I also had one particular night, it felt like I was hit by a truck. My body was cramped, um, at my head hurt, My I had a fever that would not go away, but I had terrible chills, and I was in bed with a heating pad. I just couldn't get warm enough. Um, and uh, then uh, finally, when those symptoms abated, I was left with this high fever that throughout over the course of maybe 12 days, 15 days, um, got lower and lower and lower. That seems to be the pattern for this. It, it sets in at somewhere around sunset, uh, five, six, seven at night, and it starts going up and then you break it by the morning and by morning my temperature was normal and then it would go up again, but less you know, each day. So, and then the other thing is four or five days into it, I could feel it going into my lungs. So, um, my doctor, Jason Kent, had given me some albuterol as well, so I would be able to breathe. And I was singing as well to kind of keep exercising it. Um, but, you know, that's a real concern, when, especially when your, your life is your lungs and singing and performing. Um, you know, how bad is this going to get? You know, there, there are just so many questions about it. And that's the most terrifying thing about this illness, is that we have so many more questions then we have answers about, you know, everything, about what's going to happen, about our economy, about well, when will this be cured, when will we have a vaccine, and to personal questions like, when will I get it? What will happen if I get it? Will I end up in the hospital? Will I die from it? You know, these are all questions that are just unanswered, and there's nothing worse than mystery like that, having having unanswered questions that nobody can seem to help with. You know, you just have to kind of go through the experience and and hope that you get out of it, you know, okay at the end. And many people don't. It's the very unfortunate thing. But most people do. And that's the one thing that people shouldn't forget. The vast majority of people that get this are, uh, uh, get through it. And, and 20 to 25%, they think, are totally asymptomatic as well. Peter Bryan Stokes Mitchell has some, uh, some thoughts about uh, Broadway, uh, what it means to this city, uh, the impact of it closed down. It's, it's incredible. I mean, everything's shut down, obviously, but consider that Broadway is an economic engine uh, to Manhattan. People come uh, from all over the country, maybe even all over the world, uh, to stay in hotels, to eat in restaurants, to be in this city, uh, all around the entertainment of Broadway. And it will come back. There's no question about it. But the impact of not having that entertainment, that Broadway, it is a big deal, isn't it? It's it's culture, it's art, it is it is giving the city its heartbeat. And it's also jobs. It's not just the people on stage. It's the folks in the orchestra pit, the costume designers, the, the people who run the lights and the audio and the ticket takers and the directors. And then it's off Broadway and it's the, the, the folks who do TV shows, and there are so many people in this industry in New York City. You can go by Chelsea Piers. You can go by certain neighborhoods 
where shows are filmed every single day. All of those people are now out of work. All of them wondering when they come back, and some of them really struggling at this point, and that is a big problem. It's, it's really, really difficult because, um, uh, as many people know, I'm chairman of the board of the Actors Fund, and I'm also on the board of Americans for the Arts, an arts lobbying organization in Washington, D.C. And, um, and that's for the arts in general, uh, both profit and nonprofit. And, um, uh, and, and if anybody wants to find out more, they can go to americansforthearts.com. And the Actors Fund, I'm mean, sorry, dot org, Americans for the Arts dot org, and the Actors Fund dot org as well. The Actors Fund, by the way, doesn't just treat or help actors; it helps everybody in the entertainment community who is a professional, camera people, boom operators, um, directors, uh, agents, uh, anybody who's made their living doing that. Um, and it's really, really hard because um, I think, you know, as I think on this, that. Probably, or I could see that the prob- the entertainment uh, industry will probably be one of the last uh, of the professions to be up and running in full because we rely on groups of people coming to see us. Same thing with sports as well, but particularly Broadway. But even if you're watching a television show, I was also working on some uh, a television show called Prodigal Son, which got canceled because everybody is in close proximity. Um, even though it's, there's no audience there, um, you're working close to makeup people and costume people and the people you're doing your scenes with. Sometimes the camera people are just three feet away from you and the boom operators. So um, it's going to be really, really difficult to kind of get those industries up and going again. Um, for us, the Actors Fund, which which helps um, people in the entertainment industry in times of need or crisis or transition, and man, there's been no greater need than now, normally we would give away... Uh, uh, probably about two, two million to two and a half million dollars in assistance to people in a year. Um, at the way we're looking at it now, by the time we probably get to June, we'll be up at about 18 million dollars. Um, we've, we've already given away for the last four weeks, four million dollars, and it's been about 250,000 dollars a day. Um, that that it's costing, you know, to help people with insurance, to help people with rent, to help people with all kinds of different issues that they have. So it's a very, very challenging time. And, um, and, uh, and we're, we're, again, more questions than answers. We're not sure exactly what this is going to look like on the other end. What shows will be back? How will shows come back? Um, how, how will audiences want to come back, you know, to New York, which is kind of the ground zero of COVID right now, or get on an airplane. Uh, and I think we need to have a lot of medicine and science in place first, like a, a antibody test, um, some kind of proof that we have uh, an immunity to it if we've gone through it and if we have these antibodies. And finally, uh, a vaccine for it, for those that haven't had it. I think until we have that, people are going to be very uh, hesitant to sit in seats next to people, whether it's for sports or for a concert or for the symphony or for Broadway. Um, so that's why I think the entertainment industry is really going to be hit hard by this. Last question, back to the singing at the window. Have you thought about how long you do this for? I haven't, you know, I, as I was saying, I, I was feeling, you know, starting to feel funny because it was feeling like a performance. And I was thinking, 
maybe I need to stop this. Maybe I should teach everybody the song and say, okay, it's your song now. You sing it. Um, my wife suggested that I go to, to, uh, to some of the hospitals and, you know, kind of taking the, taking it on the road in a sense. Um, you know, and singing in front of, for the workers at the hospital. But also, uh, what I don't like about that is, you know, we're applauding them and then suddenly somebody breaks in the song and where's the focus? It's on the person singing the song. And I don't think that's right. It needs to be on those healthcare workers. So I'm not, in answer to your question, I don't know. But, and I was thinking of, of quitting, but that's the day that when I looked down, there was the fire truck on one side. There was the ambulance on another, and now that I'm seeing, there's also uh, healthcare people that are that are coming out to hear this. You know, that's who I'm doing it for. But it's also wonderful because I'm getting lots of, of notes from people and texts from people and emails from people that are just on the street, and it gives them hope and it makes them feel good, and it's kind of connecting them to to something, um, you know, what the song is about and, and how it speaks to them. And it's really important. So I guess it is, it is a song really for everybody, not just the healthcare workers. And I have to remember, um, you know, the power of art, uh, and its ability to kind of connect us all, to make us feel better, um, to make us feel like we are all one, to make us feel like we're in this together, to give us hope that we can all get through this. And, um, that's that's kind of a special thing to be able to to do that for people as well. So the short answer to your question is I don't know. <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm curious if and you talked about the notes that you get, but I I wonder if if you understand that people are cooped up all day, they're depressed, and and this this moment for two minutes or whatever it is gives them a smile and a chance to take a breath and to say, you know, things are going to get better. Yes, I do, actually. Uh, I do. And, and that's why I, I, I can't um, undervalue that meaning, you know, for what it means just for those folks that aren't healthcare workers, you know, for all of us that are going through this. I learned a very valuable lesson during 9-11, actually. Um, I was doing Kiss Me Kate at the time, and I had left the company because I had already been doing the show for more than a year. And shortly after I left, 9-11 happened, and I was in very close contact with the company. And uh, one of the things that the Kiss Me Kate, because it was still running, uh, the, uh, the company chose to do was to, um, they wanted to donate some of their paycheck back so that the workers that were down um, at ground zero, um, the fire pe- the fighters, the policemen, the people that were, you know, pulling up girders and trying to find bodies and all of that, so that they would be able to come to a show. Because I remember all of us performers feeling, we, we got to do something. Let's go down there and lift girders. Let's go down there and help them find people. You know, but we're all, in, we would just be in the way. We were, were terribly unqualified to be able to do something like that. But what was learned was that, um, when those workers started coming to the show, I remember one friend told me that after the show, a firefighter came back with their family, and he was in tears, and he said, thank you so much for this. This is the first time that I've laughed in two weeks. So we forget sometimes as performers that what we what we get to do is kind of reconnect not only ourselves, but those that we perform for with our essential selves 
with our own center, with our own essential humanity. Um, we we kind of, you know, we all lose our way um, by the distractions of, of, of life, um, you know, like, for instance, this terrible pandemic we're going through right now. And sometimes just hearing a song puts you on the right track again or puts you in a happy, joyful space. And that is really important to do, to be able to connect people, because it's so easy for us to fall into the state of depression and despair right now. And to be able to give people hope um, and to make them feel good and to make them give them a smile um, or to uh, allow them to cry uh, sometimes, too, people need that, is, is I, 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 I have now learned how important that is and that we all have something special to offer we're all here on this planet now during this pandemic for a reason and every one of us has something that we can do to be a part of the solution to the problem and everybody has something different a performer has something different than a a healthcare worker has something different than a delivery person has something different than a grocery store worker or a hardware store worker or an mta worker or a bus driver Everybody has something that they can do to help get us through this together, and that's how we're going to do this. We are on this planet together, and when something like this comes up, like a pandemic, we realize, oh, we're we're in this together. We're, we we have to rely on each other to to get through this. Peter, great story. Um, just you know, everybody who sees this or hears about it or sees it on social media um, just says. That's why we love this town. And how poetic to have uh, The Impossible Dream, which has a subtitle, The Quest, as the song that he sings uh, out his window. And it was a song that he helped make famous uh, during his run in uh, Man of La Mancha. Uh, And the words are are really fitting. Now, to make you, uh, you know, to, to put the point to you, but I'm looking at them in front of me. And the words to the impossible dream, you know, to try when your arms are too weary, um, to be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause. How poetic. And wow, that speaks volumes, right? You've got these healthcare workers every day. They know what they're up against. And they show up and they deal with people who are dying. They put themselves at risk. And it really does speak volumes. And just for Brian Stokes Mitchell... For the people who stop by or lean out their window or walk out their door, what he's doing is really a gift. And the last stanza Peter says, And the world will be better for this, that one man scorned and covered with scars still strove with his last ounce of courage to fight the unbeatable foe, to reach the unreachable star. <laughs> That's cool. Gives me chills, yeah. so i to be honest. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Well, Peter, thank you for tracking down this story and all the good work you're doing. We'll find some more 880 In-Depth. Just as a reminder, uh, if you like this podcast, uh, please um, uh, subscribe to it uh, wherever you get your podcasts. It's WCBS 880 In-Depth. And as we always like to say, tell a friend. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Tim. I hope to see you soon. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.